If you aren't sleeping well, you aren't living well. Get great devices designed to help you sleep better from Sleep On. Support our programming and shop at bit.ly slash hmtvsleepon. Use promo code DPFSLP15 to save an additional 15% at checkout. Get these Sleep On devices and sleep better than you ever have before. Get them today. metal show with cat scratch fever wrapping up a block of scratching uh, songs there 30 uh, less scratches than what tim did in his video <laughs> but, uh you know scratch 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 away yeah no kidding wow what a segment that was jesus yeah. rat scratch that itch rocks gang scratch my back spread eagle scratch like a cat and ted nugent uh cat scratch viewer nice speaking of ted and i was gonna bring this up anyway yeah did you hear the new ted nugent song that he mm -hmm. put out the other day well i know we um did one uh, a month or so ago that we thought was pretty repetitive and wasn't that good well now he has another one. Oh, would you care to would you care to experience a little of the new ted nugent well let me let me look it up here it's called I have the video ready to go if you if you want me to play it. Oh, okay. It's called American Campfire. Okay. Does does that not make you just want to watch it? <laughs> well, I, I think that, that, that appeals to those sort of outdoorsy people who follow Ted with his hunting and you know his his living off the land and. Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff, you know. The, he's he's into more of a niche audience now. Yeah, he isn't quite the mass appeal guy that he might have been back in the seventies and the eighties. So, you know, he's kind of honed his uh, audience to a very niche audience that uh, follows him and his uh, pursuits with with the, the whole living off the land and being a hunter and you know all that stuff. So. He's not searching for love on the lonely streets, though. No, no. De is that the name of his new album, Detroit Muscle? Detroit Muscle. Well, I kind of get that. I mean, I get the whole Detroit Muscle mm -hmm. title. But I, as far as the song is concerned, I haven't seen or heard it. Yeah, it's a, it's a jewel. All right. <laughs> All right, let's check out a little bit of Uncle Ted. Okay. American Campfire. Here we All go. Right. Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. We'll gather around, children, the party is on. Family and friends are here. Pull up a stomp and set yourself down. Let me buy you all a beer. 
All right. Thoughts? Well, it, it again, too much repetitiveness. Yeah. You know, because the, you know, he sings the line American Campfire, American Campfire, American, you know, it gets, his songs are very repetitive. He's gotten lazy. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, but, but again, this is, this is trying to appeal to his base. So, so his base may enjoy this. It's like, yeah, man, I know what it's like going out in the woods and, you know, having a campfire and sharing a few brews, man, you know, and I, I could, I could see because again, he, he's become a very niche, um, artist. He's not looking for mass appeal. Aren't you his base? Not really. I mean, I, I appreciate what Ted does and the fact that he stands up for himself and all that, but I'm not into the whole hunting thing and, you know, the, the whole campfire and living off the land and, all that's, you know, again, the people who do that, I, I know people who do that. I just per personally, I've been camping once or twice in my life and it just didn't do a thing for me. I was like, yeah, okay. Now what? Yeah. Camping just makes me wish I was home. Yeah. It's like, I, I'll camp at the Hampton Inn. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's my thought of camping out is Hampton Inn, get my suite ready. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll settle for a smaller than 55 inch TV. That's roughing it to me. If I got to go with a 42, I feel like I'm camping. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's play a little more. Of that. I don't know if I can make it through the whole two and a half minutes of this. And, and the thing is, is the song is two and a half minutes long. You've already played uh, one. What, 20%. What, one, one fifth of the song already. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it stinks. I, I don't like it. I think it's just garbage. It's, well, it's. It's it's not creative at all. No, it's just lazy. I'll sing about a campfire. He's probably sitting around at his house, had a campfire, had his guitar said American campfire, American camp. Let me let me write something that rhymes with campfire. Is, is this any different than a Canadian campfire? Because those folks up there are very woodsy up that way. Uh -huh. This is the official theme song of Wakoa. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, this stinks. All right, here's a little more. Because everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? No. Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. Well, it's a long, long way to kingdom come. But I think we have finally arrived. Life, liberty, rock and roll. I've never felt so alive. And back again. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a long way to kingdom come. I think we've arrived because you're sitting around a campfire yeah. roasting weenies and making s'mores. Oh, this and, I mean, is that the deal? Apparently that is the deal. And now we're going to repeat the lines again. Yeah. Because I don't have anything to fill, so I'll just keep repeating this bullshit over and over again. All right, here we go. Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the
Have you ever fucking put some twigs over a fire and cook some some meat over them? Oh, those smoking twigs? Their, they're smoking their jerky. Look at that. Yeah. Huh? This doesn't make you a Ted Nugent fan instantly? <laughs> well, like I said, this is playing to his uh, niche audience. Yeah. His niche audience probably relate to this. They probably go, oh, yeah, Dad, I, I, you know, we went out deer hunting and we skinned the deer right there and we started, you know, carving it up and, you know, we we had some venison right there on the campfire. Oh, yeah. Made a little jerky, then sang we, a song. And we took the rest home and we cut it up and froze it and we had meat through the whole winter. Yeah. All made courtesy of our American campfire. Exactly. Because we couldn't wait to fan the flames. But that's the whole thing. It's just like the American campfire. Yeah. Not I just mean, a. you know, I mean, what, what do people over in Norway do? Or like I said, Canada. I mean, if they have a campfire, is, is, that, is that lesser? Must be. Is their campfire not as good? Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Let's get Ted on the show right away. Yeah, Ted, let's go. I need American to know, campfire. is the campfire here in America much better than the one in Canada or, you know, Yugoslavia? Well, the rumor's good that I might be interviewing Ted here. So when that comes up, I will ask him about the other campfires. So, all right, a little more of Uncle Ted with American Campfire. You need to ask him if he ever has had the laser wolves <laughs> uh, start the fire for him. Yeah, no kidding. The bonfire. The bonfire. <laughs> All right, here we go. See, they're even using the same pictures. and It's a two-minute video. You couldn't find enough pictures to not re be repetitive here? Yeah, but, but you see, there's the picture of, of Ted you know, holding up his bow. Yeah. And, and that appeals to a very niche audience. Once again, is there not another picture of Ted with his bow? Maybe not, but it's like, yeah, that's Ted, man. He stands yeah. up for the American way. All right. He's the one who called Obama a mongrel. Yeah. Well, I support him on that. But yeah. Fuck that guy. I sure don't support him on this song. Oof. All right, let's let's get back into this jewel. American Campfire. It's Ted Nugent. Fires of freedom burn into the night. The spirit is alive and well. Somebody like an animal and give it up. And everybody raise up hell. Woo! Everybody loves the American Campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American Campfire. Go down and bang in the flames. Everybody loves the American Campfire. Everybody loves the American Campfire. Feel the fire. Everybody loves the American Campfire. Boy, how many yeah. times? Yeah, how many times was that line repeated in that song? Everybody Jeez. loves the American Campfire. My God, that was bad. Everybody loves the. American campfire. Is, Do is they? Campfire, is campfire one word? Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. it is. Five words. So basically, yeah. he made a two and a half minute song out of five words, repeating it, you know, multiple times. Pretty much. 
What a bag of shit, huh? Not good. No. Sorry, Ted, but that blows. Yeah, wasn't good. No. By contrast, since we got that one out, would you like to hear a song that's actually good? Okay. That's not Ted, though. Why can't I escape this? What the fuck? Well, hell. Let's refresh. <laughs> All right. Um, did you hear the new song? Um, I guess we'll do new music hour. You know, before I go to something great, let me go to something that I'd like your opinion on. Okay. Um, this and is a band. This is just my opinion. This, yeah, is, this, not is, opinion. this is your opinion. Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> cause we don't offer opinion. We don't offer facts here. We're not a, we're not a information show. So. No, no accusations of misinformation here because right. we don't provide any information to be taken. And Tim, and Tim don't, uh, you know, report us to the, uh, you know, to the misinformation gods. What we yeah. gave you earlier in the last hour was just our thoughts and opinion. Yeah. Not fact. Wasn't facts, Tim. It was not misinformation. Believe me, that segment was definitely not misinformation, but um, this is a new song from a band that I know you like. Okay. Um, Helix has a oh. new song. Okay. Um, their song. And I think you'll like the message. I don't know. I personally am not so sure on the song, but maybe you'll like the song too. So our good friend, Brian Vollmer, not, uh, living up to the standard. Well, I'm not a huge Helix fan. I'll be okay. fair about that. I, they're okay. I don't hate them. Don't love them. Don't really listen to them enough to, you know, if they have a new record, I listen to it so that I'm ready for an interview. But day to day, I can't tell you the last time I pulled out Give Me an R and, you know, listen to it. So sure. not a huge fan per se, but um, has a new song. It's called Not My Circus, Not Clowns, Not My Clowns. So Not okay. My Circus, Not My Clowns is the is the Helix tune. Interestingly enough, though, yes, Brian Vollmer was really involved with one of your favorite shows is the Trailer Park. Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Now they played the shit out of Helix. Of course. And, and Brian, Brian made some appearances on the show. Yeah. yeah, he did. In fact, he was uh, they had an animated season and he was a big part of the animated season, getting ready for the big Helix concert that they were throwing in the trailer park. Sure. And Brian Vollmer showed up. Yeah, but yeah, there, there's some great scenes in Trailer Park Boys about, dude, gotta play me some Helix or some Mitchell, man. Yeah, Kim Mitchell. <laughs> Kim, Mitchell. <Yeah. laughs> Kim Mitchell, big player in the Trailer Park Boys. But That's funny. But this is Helix um, with Not My Circus, Not My Clowns. And um, I think you might dig the message. I'm not sure if you'll dig the song or not. That's my, that's my tease. Ready? Okay. All right. All right, here we go. You could be wrong. Be careful what you wish for. It could come back. Down about you in the ass. <laughs> Those who ignore what 
history has shown us. Well, they are doomed, doomed, doomed to repeat the past. Right. Well, I think I actually used the emperor in his new clothes last, last week. week. So yeah. I think you I did. actually said that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I, I see what he's saying here, and 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 I think he's one of us. Mm-hmm. I, I think he disagrees with what's going on here, and and how Hollywood and the the elected officials and all these kind of stuff are driving our society into the ground. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, whether the song is a good song or not, I get the message. I mean, there's a lot of cliches in there. Yeah. But uh, he's just saying that, uh, yeah, th- this isn't my circus. This isn't my clowns. I don't agree with Hollywood. I don't agree with these politicians. I don't agree with anything. That's not my thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. This is bullshit. So, That's- so I think, I think he's, I think he's, you know, obviously it's a very, conservative political social commentary saying that uh, in today's environment uh, i'm not i'm not a part of this bullshit i'm not buying i'm not buying into any of this Hmm. so you're on board so far yeah yeah okay all right do you like the song it's okay i mean it it's kind of a i mean it's not original words because he's he's incorporating uh quotes Right. As part of the lyrics. So so it's not like these are original lyrics. He's just using quotes and making a song out of quotes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I heard it was like oh. it's 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 marginal. I mean, yeah. but I get the message. Again, it's a politically charged <laughs> message. Right. And that was that was my thought was you would like to like I said before, you'll like the message, not sure on the song. But yeah. But this is, I mean, so far, this is better than the American Campfire. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we're working up to a good song. I'll put it that way. I've got three songs, and this is the middle of the three. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. So here we go. A little more of the Helix. Not my circus, not my clowns. Yep. The list is Okay. Well, 
I, I shared with you that uh, J.P. Sears video today. Mm-hmm. This is what that song is about. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's, all. It, it's that I'm not swallowing the tripe that's being, you know, aimed at us as the public. This ain't my circus. These people are not my clowns. I don't agree with any of the bullshit going on. No. No, it's... um. And, it's a song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it, the 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 lyrics do not rhyme. No, I mean, it's very shoehorned in there, and mm -hmm. it, it's just a. It, it's not a song that flows. Yeah, at all. Choppy. It's, choppy. it's very choppy because he's he's using, like I said, he's using phrases or or quotes, and then threading them together like you know quotes that are that are um relatable to one another mm -hmm. and threading them together or as lyrics and it's sure. just like well the message i get the message but the song not so good <laughs> right there you go all right a little more of not my circus not my clowns from helix <laughs> that has come out over the last couple years mm -hmm. is is um clown what, what is it clown world clown world okay or, or, or yeah i guess it, i guess it is uh clown world you know more okay. clown world just just the goofiness of everything sure. going on out there and, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what he's that's basically what he's uh saying in the song i i get it i get the sure. song it's just not that it's not very well crafted it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. So on, on Helix, better than Ted Nugent, but yeah. still not good. Yeah, not that good. All right. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan. I know you are. 
Kid Rock. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta, you know, tip my hat to Kid Rock that uh, the last few songs that he's put out, his protest songs, sure, uh, have been pretty damn good. I mean, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Kid Rock rappy fan and all that sure. stuff that he does that he's known for. Sure. But but I gotta say that some of his lyrics and you know the songs that he's put out here recently about you know the the I guess you want to call protest songs. Yeah, don't tell me how to live. Have been pretty damn good. Sure, they're <laughs> I fun. Have to laugh. I have mm-hmm. to laugh. It makes me laugh, and it's just like wow. Who would ever thought that Kid Rock w- would be a conservative? Yeah, well, who would have ever thought I'd hear you saying that you like a Kid Rock song? That no. all by itself is strange. No, well, I like I I did like that uh, that acoustic kind of that countryfied acoustic thing that he did years ago, where he did the mashup with the Leonard Skinner song and the uh, oh yeah uh, yeah all all summer long yeah yeah that uh, what's his name the the werewolf of London guy uh, ooh, werewolves of London um he passed away what is his name. Um, God, why can't I think of his name? Yeah. Air Wolves of London. So, Warren Zevon. Yeah, Warren Zevon. That mashup between Skinner and Warren Zevon. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool song. Yeah, but, but but that you know that that style that he did you know for that release. Hmm. I dug that. I like that a lot. Sure. His, you know, his rappy shit. I'm not into, I just don't like rap. I just, you know, regardless of who it is. Yeah. Well, Kid Rock know. is kind of everything you don't like. It's the combination of rap and country, both which you don't like. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but, but I admire, I admire the cleverness of the lyrics. Sure. And, uh, the fact that, and again, I, I, again, I will uh, give him props that, uh, he, he hasn't apologized. Yeah. Why would he? I, well, but. We know people or we know of people who mm-hmm. shouldn't apologize, but they did. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe Rogan. You fi- faggot. What is that about? Even, huh? even though he could beat my ass, but uh. Joe Rogan, you faggot, you apologizing dick. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to make a quick trip to Valparaiso to beat your I ass. He might beat faggot. my ass. Joe Rogan might beat my ass in the streets. Yeah. Somehow I doubt it's going to happen. So yeah. I, I saw, I saw Gavin McGinnis. He did a segment on Joe Rogan called him an apologizing pussy. That well, he is. I know. Shouldn't have apologized at all. Yeah, I, I do. I am so into Gavin McGinnis these days. Oh, Gavin's great. I, I mean, he, d- dude, he uses faggot. He uses chinky. He uses, yeah. he uses, he all the word. I know he uses all the words. That you're not supposed to use yeah. in, in doing a show. And and mm-hmm. thing is, is that thank God for Anthony Cumia for doing his compound media and allowing Gavin to have a platform to do sure. a show. Cause holy shit, he makes me laugh. Dude, he, oh, yeah. he cracks me up. Just just as is I don't give a shit. Yeah, well he don't. He's he's a millionaire. He don't he don't care. I, I guess he is, but I, I would like to get him on. Well, might not be that hard. I mean, it might be, might not be. I don't know. We can reach out, ask. But um, all right. So let's move to another song, the last song of my of my collection here for your, today. Your repertoire. Yeah, and this one I really like. 
And this one I'm stunned at because this band has not really put out a lot of good music in the last. It's been okay. Nothing horrible, horrible, but the last great record they did, I'm going to say was the mid nineties. Okay. The last great record. And from everything I'm hearing, this might be a stunning comeback for scorpions. Now, have you heard the new Scorpion song called Seventh Son? I have not. I, I know that they are work they were working on a new record and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I've I've seen, you know, some of the recent Scorpion shows. And what I mean by recent, at least within the last five five years or so. Sure. They still put on an amazing live show. Yeah, well, they're still great live, but amazing live show. But but their albums, mm, not so much. Not, yeah, their albums have not been good. They've been either super super repetitive or trying to sound like Scorpions, or you know, just just haven't been great. I mean, uh, what's the last great one? Savage Amusement, I guess. Probably. You know, and do you consider Tease Me, Please Me, or whatever that was called? The the, the one with the key on the cover, whatever that album's called. Crazy World. Crazy World. Was that a great album? I don't think so. No, but see, Scorpions are known for hard melodic rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, their tunes, whether their lyrics were meaningful or not, they were very catchy. Yeah. Upbeat, just kind of fun. Uh just uh th- just something you could rock out to if you would rock yeah. me like a hurricane you know mm-hmm. something like that um last 25 years ugh, just mediocre at best yeah. very mediocre and that last album that had like seven songs with the word rock in the title that yeah. stinks i know it, it was it was very contrived and it was just like we're scorpions. We rock. You rock. We rock. The whole world rocks. Everything yeah. rocks. You know, it's, it's like, all about oh, rocking. <laughs> all right. Stop it already. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard three songs and I've been told by our good buddy Wardlaw that, that has heard the whole record, that this is the best thing since love at first thing. Really? So Take that for a grain of salt with a grain of salt. Now, how did Wardlaw hear this? Because he interviewed um, Matthias and Klaus for Ultimate Classic Rock. So they floated him. They floated him the music early. So, so he couldn't float it to you just for as a friend. He could, but it's there's a lot of technical reasons why not. It's it's he doesn't have MP3s. He just has streaming and if it's from a different email address it sets off a bump above you know the, the whole thing the whole thing and, and the, the, the alarms go up yeah. someone's illegally listening to the scorpions record sure warning warning you share the download you share the download warning matt wardlaw you're under arrest <laughs> all right he could have, I, you know, and, and I don't really ask for that favor. Oh, you know. It's not that you would ask, you know, it, I mean, like, uh, dude, I, I, here, I got a little sneak peek at this. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Yeah. 
you know, well, and, 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 and yeah, he could have, and, and admittedly, I probably would have for him, but the truth is, is that I know the publicist, I'm going to be interviewing somebody from Scorpions, you know, that's already lined up so I can wait a week. I think the album's out in two weeks or three weeks anyway. So it's not a huge deal. Okay. But, and, and, and to be honest, I'm not that huge of a Scorps fan. To where it's like, oh my God, it's out there. Somebody I know has it and I need to hear this. But it's curious. Are you not yeah. curious at I am all? curious. I'm curious. And I'll probably have it this week, I would imagine. with it, Okay. Because it comes out on the 25th. All right. So I would imagine I'll probably have it this week. But um, I heard this song and I was like, this is fucking really wow. kind of old Scorpion sounding. Right. So it's solid. It's very solid. Well, I like it. My my conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. without even hearing this because I haven't heard it, mm-hmm. is that they very covertly went out and got Michael Shanker to come in and play the leads on this. No, come on. No, that's why it's good. No way. Yeah, sure. All right, Jim. That's Jesus. my conspiracy theory that they Seriously. went and got Michael Shanker, brought him back into the fold. He did the leads on this, and this is why it's magically a good record. You think so? That's my conspiracy theory. And they wrote with Uli John Roth as well? They did. They consulted <laughs> with him. They consulted with him, and right. they had Michael play all the leads, and therefore you got a good uh, Scorpions record. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll we'll have to see if that if they the secret gets exposed, but I think this is solid. I think you're gonna like this. Okay. So let's check out a little bit. This is Seventh Son from Scorpions. Now this now this isn't uh this isn't a Iron Maiden cover or anything it like that. It is not. It no? is not. It is okay. a Scorpions original. Scorpions. The Scorpion, not the. It is a oh, Scorpions. It's, it's Scorpions. It's a Scorpions original. All right. Because right. it isn't the Scorpions, you dumbass. It's Scorpions. Yeah. I've known that for 25 years. <laughs> no, it's been more like 35. Remember that guy? Yeah, of course. That guy. What was that? Was that Big Metal Mike or something? <laughs> Somebody like that. <laughs> it's Scorpions, not it's, the Scorpions. It's not the Scorpions. It's Scorpions. Ugh. All right, here we go. Scorpion, seventh son. Okay. The seventh song. Blackbird sings a melody as innocent as it can be. Your inner freedom shines. 
Take your love and find the seventh sun. You're in a most What do you think? Well, you could say that's Rudolph and Matias together all you want. I'm convinced it's Michael. It's Michael all the way. <laughs> it is Michael. This is why it's a really solid song because Michael Shanker is probably playing on this in a very covert way. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. Right. No Michael, no Scorpions. Right. Man, I love it. Everybody hates it. <laughs> well, the very, I like it. <laughs> the, very, the very beginning sounds like running with the devil. Right. I'm trying to think of what does this sound like Scorpions, though? It does sound like something that they've done before. I just can't. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, well, the big heavy, the big heavy bass and the drums at the very beginning, <laughs> running with the devil. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Can you back that up and play the very beginning? Yeah. Listen to it. Running with the devil. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's the same beat. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's got a classic hard rock slash early metal sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I, it. I, you know, I like it. It's listenable. It's 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 what you want to hear as a old school fan. Right. It's got the heavy drums, it's got the heavy bass, it's got the you know the 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 guitar and obviously uh Klaus Mine, he sounds like Klaus and yeah. if you if you're a Scorpions fan, uh, this is what you want. Yeah. I'm surprised everybody in the chat room hates it. I like it. <laughs> well, what what do they what do they, I got I I'm going to pull up the chat. Yeah, pull what up the chat. They, well, what are they saying about it that they don't like? Um Let's see. I don't know. I mean, um, it, it doesn't take the Nugent over this. Come on, Jackal. Oh, stop it. Um, not seeing really why I listened to this song this week. Fucking horrible. Not good, but better than their pop disco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's better than eye to eye. Yeah. Average, but better than Helix and Nugent. Awful. This sucks. Average. This is horrible. Why is this awful? Yeah. So, elaborate. If you're in the chat room and you're making comments, elaborate. Yeah. Why is it awful? I, I want to know. I don't want to just hear some uh, off the cuff thing. Uh, it just uh, sucks. Come on now, Mark. Jesus. It just sucks. That it just sucks. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I'll take Scorps over Neely. 
Well, I'm not a singer. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, man. Production is crap. Sounds like shit. Well, again, you're, you're hearing it over a video feed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Tim James, well, TJ James, it rules. <laughs> Sounds like China white. Can you pull up China white? Yeah. Let's see if that's, that's the tune. All it right. sounds tired. The song sounds like old men going through the motions. It is uninspired. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Well, here's uh, Scorpion's China White. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to agree with Mark on that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. But start it over and then you play a little. I'll play a little. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, maybe they did rip themselves off directly. <laughs> they, they, so they pulled the John Fogarty and they plagiarized themselves. <laughs> maybe they did just exactly steal their own song. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, but, I'll give them that. Yeah, but again, it's the whole familiarity thing. Yeah. And and I agree. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I will agree that it does sound like old men, you know, repeating their past glories. Sure. But if you're going to buy a Scorpions release if or or listen to it at least anyway. Yeah. You want to hear something familiar. Yeah. And you're lo you're looking for that familiar sound and it's just like, yeah, that's Scorpions and and like Mark says, yeah, that's uh, China White, you know, or you know, I relate because it sounds like Scorpions. I've heard it before, but I like it because it is Scorpions. You know, yeah. you know the the fans are very simplistic, mm -hmm. and I I get it. And what what is Scorpions gonna do in today's day and age? It's gonna be so groundbreaking. You're gonna go, holy shit! Have you heard the Scorpions? Jesus, <laughs> those guys really just did something, you know, amazing. It's like no, they they put out a record that sounds like Scorpions, and you go, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's Scorpions. It's it's like ACDC. Whenever ACDC puts out a record, and you go, yeah, that's ACDC. Yeah, true. And is it? Is it artistic, groundbreaking shit? No, it's not. It's your ACDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. You're. You've never reinvented the wheel ever. It's not. It's. It's no different than dry going through the drive-through at McDonald's. Give me a quarter pounder with cheese because that's what I expect McDonald's to serve me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't go to McDonald's expecting a fucking bucket of chicken. It's just not no. what you get there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I agree. It's, um, uh, 
but yeah, I, I didn't realize it was such a fucking rip of China white. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Worse. <laughs> but, wow. but regardless, you know, if, 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 and again, I, I don't even know why. And you've, I, you and I have had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why these legacy bands who've been around and uh, scorpions have been around since the sixties. Yeah, sure. A lot of people don't even realize that, that scorpions have been around since what? 67 or 67 or something. Yeah. yeah. What was it? What was it? The something, the crow or what was the name of their first recording? I, like, I think it's the lonesome crow, the lonesome crow. That was like 67 or something. I think it's a little later than that, but they formed in the sixties. It's uh, let's see. Scorpions. I'm looking at it now. Um, bu- 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 bum. Lonesome Crow came out in 72. Okay. Um, but when did they form? Let's see. Where's the, where's 1965. God damn. Yeah. They, they've been around as long as I've been around. They've been around almost 60 years. Yeah. So, so what are you going to get from a band that's been around for 60 years? Yeah. They've been around as long as the stones and the who. Yeah. Wow. Which, which by the way, and, and this has nothing to do with this conversation. I just saw the announcement for the who, uh, tour. Okay. They're still selling fucking arenas. Of course they are. And there's what? Two guys two members. That's just, that to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. You got Robert Daltrey and, and, um, or Roger, Roger, yeah, <laughs> Roger Daltrey and, and Pete Townsend yeah. as the who, and they're, they're still selling arenas. That is, that is amazing. It is well, another two years. It might be Robert Daltrey and, um, and Paul, Paul Townsend, who knows? <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. That is amazing, though, that they that, that those two guys can carry on the Who legacy, and and I I feel comfortable calling them the Who instead of Scorpions, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but for the fact that they can still go out there and and sell arenas, I know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Jolly Jake. Good one. <laughs> but, but that's just amazing. But but see, here it is. Scorpions have been around as long as the, as the Who and and almost as long as uh, the Stones. Yeah. And people think of Scorpions more or less as like an 80s band because yeah. that's when MTV kind of made them popular. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, they put out records before that. But But yeah. the thing is, is a lot of people who were not familiar with scorpions prior to the MTV age, they think that scorpions were like an eighties band. Yeah. There's really three periods. I'm looking at their catalog right now. There's three periods of that band. There's the early era, which is one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six albums. Then there's the, the hair metal era, which yeah. I'll say is, uh, one, two, three, four, five six seven seven albums and then there's the shit era which is one two three four five six seven so almost equal all the way across 
and then let's go through it to see if, if you agree. I'll say the, the classic era, the, the original era, the old fashioned era, we'll call it. Right. Lonesome Crow, Fly to the Rainbow, In Trance, Virgin Killer, Taken by Force, and Love Drive. Yeah. That would be the classic. Yeah, of course. The next, you know, of course, Love Drive, a good record. Yeah. Solid. In Trance, I mean, pretty, pretty good record, pretty solid. Yeah. Taken by Force, good record. You know, I mean, it, they had some good records in there. Then you have what I'll call the the hair metal era, which this next album I think is kind of the crossover between the old and the hair metal, Animal Magnetism, right? Because it it definitely had that old sound, but it also had didn't it have like the zoo on it? I think Loving You Sunday Morning, I think was on that, or Make It Real, Make It Real, yeah, and the zoo. So it had it had the old stuff, but it had a couple songs that broke. But then you had Blackout. Love it first thing. No, it, it's bleak out. Bleak out. Bleak out. Which which uh, launched uh, Don Dawkins' career. Yep, sure did. As he was, you know, hired by Dieter Dirks mm-hmm. to uh, come in Back and do backing the backing vocals for Blackout. Right. Then you got Love at First Sting. Obviously huge. Very Savage huge. Amusement. Well, let, let's talk about just the cover alone. Of what? Love at First Sting. Yeah. That that cover got censored because well, it, it was just too uh, racy. Well, they 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 suffered through that through a lot of their career. The, yeah, it's just so racy. But love it for Sting came out when I was working at Camelot Music in college, and I remember the the controversy with that. It's just like, right. oh, this is this is the uncensored cover. Some right. chick with her thigh up there, and some guy with a tattoo gun ready to put the scorpions label on her thigh. I'm not going to lie though. As a 14 year old kid or whatever I was at that point, that side boob was all good. (laughs) The fact that my mom and dad didn't have a problem with me buying a record that had a chick with her side boob hanging out. Look out. I was in, but, but yeah, scorpions had, uh, you know, they had love at first sting. They had, um, was it love drive? The one with the hand coming off the tit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they had obviously virgin killer, which is absolutely banned. Cause they had Ooh. what a 10 year old naked 10 year old girl on the cover. It's like, what the fuck were they doing there? Yep. You know, but anyway, the hairband era, uh, animal magnetism, blackout, love at first sting, savage amusement, crazy world, face the heat, pure instinct. Right. That's and, me and all, all of that driven by MTV videos. Sure. Then you had the shit era, which is made up of eye to eye, moment of glory, unbreakable, humanity hour one, sting in the tail, return to forever, and rock believer, which is the new one, which I think is probably going to be good. Right. But those other ones, I mean, the, the, these are all records that I, I can I can only speak for me, but other night I, which was just fucking ridiculous. With, 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 of course, you know we we had both Matthias and um, um, Klaus. Klaus on the show. Yeah, and you know at least I got to interview uh, Matthias myself. Right, and we had Klaus on the show, and we we railed both of them about that. Yeah, I. well, because it was horrible. 
It was terrible. And, and they, and they denounced that record more or less. It's like, yeah, it was just some record producer. And he said that we should do this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and that's when, you know, and, and again, that was way back when they were going, well, you know, this is the last roundup, you know, for the scorpions and we're going to call it a day. And mm-hmm. that was what, 15 years ago. Yeah. Still you know, doing and, and they're still out there performing and, and, you know, the, the whole premature we're, we're retiring thing was ridiculous because I think they were trying to capitalize on the whole kiss thing that, Mm -hmm. that, well, this is the last time around for us, you Mm -hmm. know? And then it was just like, Oh, well, we got a renewed energy and the fans don't want us to go away. Right. (laughs) And here we are. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen and there's still performing and still you know ready to release a new record now sure so. yeah oh do you believe it or not i died not 15 years ago 23 years ago is it that long already 1999 holy shit it's their last album of the of the old the old decade or whatever the yeah, old millennium. But that, that's the whole thing though it's just like if you and and we're trying to think logically here not not whatever but as a uh, as a performing band who's who'd been around for 30 plus years mm-hmm. and your management or whoever it is who decided this said yeah let's push this idea that this is your last go round and that really wasn't in your mind you just like why are we doing that well you know you guys got a tour coming up and if people think this is the last time they're going to see you mm-hmm. you'll buy a bunch of tickets and you'll have sold out shows and then you can announce later that well due to the overwhelming demand you're not going away now right uh, what what a bunch of bullshit is that well it's always bullshit dude i, I, I mean Bands that any band that gets past about the 10 year mark and is still doing well, they're listening to management. They're, they're not even, even the megas, you know, forget scorpions, the megas, you would think Metallica doesn't need to listen to anybody anymore because they're fucking Metallica. And yet I would argue that they are completely driven by management, hundred percent driven by management. Don't you think? I would hate to think that because at this point, it's like, why do you need management aside from handling your scheduling and business affairs, but, but to craft anything for you or, or image wise or, or publicist wise or whatever. It's just like, we're, we're Metallica. People know who we are, but you saw some kind of monster, didn't you? No, I did. I did. You know, that was horrible. But what was the first thing that they did when that bag of shit was done? They brought in the management team to listen to it. Yeah. And and the management team was like, well, here's how we'll promote it. Right. You know, the management took over once the music was done and put together the whole marketing campaign for it. Whole marketing, how, how many songs, what videos, they did all that work. I hate to say it, but that's part of the business, man. I, that- I, and I get it. I mean, I get it. It's kind of a necessary evil, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes they're wrong. But sometimes they are wrong. I mean, that's, that is the, that's why you have the difference between a Metallica and an anthrax. 
Metallica, better management than an anthrax because overall they made more decisions that were right. Well, well, let's talk about somebody we know and let, and we'll not get into real detail here. Okay. But you interviewed our, our, our friend, uh, Mariah from Mika yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that we had Mariah on the show prior to the formation of the band plush. Correct. And they were able to get some pretty high profile gigs because of this careful structuring and management that mm-hmm. they somehow secured. Sure. You know, opening for, um, you know, Wolfie and opening for who else did they play? Daughtry, Seven Dust, Evanescence, Hailstorm. I mean, right. they now Slash. Right. So they, so they were able to land some pretty good gigs. Sure. Due to their management. And this is where management is valuable, especially when you're a young band who doesn't, who people really don't know. Mm-hmm. And they, they, um, what do you want to call craft your image carefully and carefully decide who you could talk to, who you can't talk to, what clothes you can wear on stage, all these things. Mm -hmm. But when you're a veteran band, like a Metallica or, or whatever, do you still need that crafting going on? Because if, if Metallica said, we're going to do a tour tomorrow and we're, and I'm just going to use this in, as an example, because I think they already did this, but we're going to play the black album, which was obviously their most popular, mm-hmm. most commercial release. We're going to play that from beginning to end tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Do they need management to craft their image for them uh, to, to announce a tour like that? Just to announce the tour? No. No, but to, to say that this is what Metallica is doing and this is what they're going to do and all this, people are going to just show up because it's like, oh yeah, fucking Black Album, man, Enter Sandman, <laughs> you know? See, I, I, I agree and disagree. Okay. On one, on one hand, you're absolutely right. Today, Metallica doesn't need to announce anything and people will fill whatever room they're in. I agree. That being said, though, that is the product of 30 years or 25 years of being led to the promised land. That is, and they still, their management still keeps them at the top. You know, things like this box, the various box sets that they're doing to celebrate the 30th anniversaries of each release and whatnot. That's all management. I mean, obviously Lars steps in with some, some footprint on what they put in the box sets, but ultimately the packaging and the way it's presented and the way it's, you know, it's formulated is as much a management call as it would be the band. I'll throw um, Hardwired as an example. Hardwired comes out at a time when no one was buying music. I mean, literally there's more people buying music now then there were whatever, five, six years ago, whatever it was when Hardwired came out. So they, they worked with management to craft the whole, if you buy a concert ticket, you get a copy of the record. And they did that with the intention of then being able to say, this is our 10th straight platinum record or whatever, right, right. you know, 
now that five or six years or however many years it's been since hardwired came out has gone by not as many people remember that anymore but when they start trying to sell these tours for two and a half million dollars instead of one and a half million dollars they literally say yeah it's metallica they've sold out every tour for the last 25 years and they've sold a million copies of their last 10 albums in a row they say that it's crafted by management. Is it really true? You know, if Metallica played in front of a million fans, do you think all a million would have bought Hardwired? Like, I'll tell you, when I ordered my tickets for the Hardwired tour, they sent me two copies of Hardwired. <laughs> they sent me one, you know, and I kept one and I gave one to Kelly, but sure. they sent two copies. Yeah, now, so, they, so they count that as two sales? Yeah, absolutely. Going toward a million they count that as two. And right. let's be honest, they got three sales out of me because I pre-ordered it when it went on sale online. I pre-ordered. So I actually had three sales for me. Now, are those numbers real? Not really, but they're real enough to keep the mystique of a Metallica this big. Right. You know, and that's the whole, that's, that's the gimmick. That's what management does. That's what the real successful management does. Yeah, Motley Crue's management. I fucking hate the crew. You know that. I, I just think that they're just terrible. But I'll give it to their management. Their management are the kings. Because how else do you take a band that A, is lousy with their instruments, and B, are always in fucking trouble, and keep them relevant? And, year and, after year after year and sell out a stadium tour after you know five or six years uh of quote-unquote retirement with 500 fucking examples of vince neal sounding like shit online right and people still sell sh shelling out a thousand dollars a ticket that's that is good management the fact that motley crew that let's face it not that they were a small band, but they were, they've never really been a stadium band. They've never been a stadium. They're not Bruce Springsteen or the Rolling Stones or U2. They're the next tier down. And, and even being the next tier down, they're going to the next tier up for that tour. And they're, and of the four bands that are on that tour, if you took that band off it, it's no longer a stadium tour. Right. You could take any other band off it. You could take, you could take Poison off it. You could certainly take Joan Jett off it. And you could take uh, Def Leppard off it. It still would be a stadium-sized tour. May not sell quite as many tickets, but it would still be big. That's about management. That's management knowing. I would guarantee you, guarantee you, that the management knew that they were going to book this stadium thing when they announced the retirement. And they that this was always in the plan. Right. Don't you think? Well, yeah, it, that's called foresight. Yeah. Well, you know. That's what makes them better than the guys that's, that's managing the bullet boys. <laughs> if they even have management. Yeah. That, that, that manager, Mark Torine. Yeah. You know, I, but, uh, but don't you, don't you think that that's this, these kind of well, managers that, are that, important. That kind of crafting, I get it from a business end. Mm -hmm. but, but the whole crafting from an image end, that, that's what I'm talking about.
you know, it's just, you know, again, scorpions, when you get them on an interview one-on-one and go, um, well, you guys kind of marketed that you guys were done and it was over. And I believe I had this conversation. It's like, yeah, that was some manager who said that, and we weren't ready to retire, but they said it was good business for us to say that we were, and we really weren't because that's not really where we were at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, dude, you're, you're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is the management, the, the fact that we're 23 years down the road and they're still together is a good play by the management. Yeah. But good play. I, I don't think it, it buys the band respect. No, it doesn't. That that's, that's kind of what I was going for is yeah. that, you know, people went, well, I went to see them in 2000 and huh? this was supposed to be their retirement tour and right. it really wasn't. And they just continued on and I feel duped. Mm-hmm. Well, but but don't think for a minute that these managers don't don't have some kind of opinion polling or whatever exit polling on shows or whatnot figuring out how much they can get away with right they know it well they know they're, it. they're they're hedging their bet is what they're doing but they but they somewhat know they know because of kiss you know they they watched how kiss worked and how Kiss said, this is it, reunion tour, farewell tour, blah, 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 we're done, and that they're still around. And they're like, well, we've sold this much versus what they've sold at this cost, so we are 85% sure that if we do the same play, we'll we'll be able to increase our, our cost per gig or our cost per show, you know, not only on this tour, but it'll take this long before we can say that we were just kidding. Right. And and they hedge that bet, and they and the good management wins, yeah. The bad management loses. You know, it's just like like the Van Halen tour. All the years that we heard, we'll never play another show with Van with with uh, David, David Lee Roth. Roth. Yeah, we'll never do it again. We'll bring in Sass Jordan before we'll bring in <laughs> David Lee Roth. Remember all that? That we're yeah, gonna bring in a female that. Sass Jordan. Sure. And then somewhere in the management, but think about, think about the whole case. There was the change in management with Van Halen. Van Halen switched from whoever the old management was to what's his name? Isaac Azoff or whoever. Yeah. Irving Azoff. Irving, whatever his name. I don't know. I don't know anything about management, but they switched management and the switch in the management was the difference in convincing the band that this thing would be huge fucking money right? and would be enough money to tolerate each other to go do it. And they did. They, they carefully crafted it. They carefully took old music and made it sound new again. And you know, to where the band didn't have to really learn a whole lot of new shit where they would have to rehearse with each other. Right. And we, and we saw it firsthand how it was crafted that they didn't have to see each other except for the 90 minutes that they were on stage. We saw yeah. that. Yeah. David Lee Roth had his own porta potty. Yeah. And he, and he had his own trailer separate from uh, yeah. the dressing, the dressing room trailer separate yeah. from the rest of the other band. 
And he rode in on a different bus. The Van Halens were bus. in one bus and David was in another bus. Yep. They literally had it set up so that these two sets of people did not have to interact at all, except on stage. Now that is 100% good management. That's like, this is the only, the management looks at it and says, this is $200 million. If we can keep these guys from punching each other in the fucking well, face. But, but, but speaking of Motley Crue, they did the exact same thing. Sure. Vince had his own management. He had his own side of the stage. Mm -hmm. The rest of the Motley Crue came. The Motley Crue. The Motley Crue. <laughs> they came in on one side of the stage and Vince entered the stage from the other side. Of course. So their dressing rooms were even on the opposite side of the yeah. arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that, but why was that? Do you think that was the band? The band doesn't have time for that kind of shit. That is a manager knowing that they're making a million dollars a night. Yeah. If they can keep it together. So the management, the management does the math and figures, well, it's going to cost us a hundred thousand dollars to keep Vince separated from the rest of the band. But what is the payoff on that? The pay payoff is $900,000. Exactly. Well, and we'll they spend, realize it. We'll spend a hundred thousand extra to, to, to do nine. this, but but yeah. we'll make nine hundred thousand on this hundred thousand dollar unnecessary expenditure if these douchebags right. could get along. Right, because nine hundred thousand dollars is worth a whole lot more than the fifty thousand dollars that they were making with John Karabi. Right, of course. And that is a product of the manager. And Motley Crue is an example of the management at one point failing them. The management should have stepped in. And I, you know, I love the Karabi album. Love it. My favorite thing that they've done. I actually wrote a book about it. I really love that record. But that is an example of Motley Crue's management failing them. And Motley's management... When they said they were going to fire Vince, there was no management that was strong enough to say, no, you're not. You know, what's his name? Who was the manager at that point? McGee? Doc McGee? Yeah, Doc McGee, yeah. Doc McGee was like, yeah, yeah, we can roll without Vince. And, and that failed miserably to where they changed management and then got Vince back. Don't believe the hype that you saw in that dumb movie where the way it worked out was it had nothing to do with management. It just had the four guys showing up in a bar and saying, Hey Vince, why don't you come back? <laughs> Bullshit. They Bullshit. We're, like, we're, we're worth more with you, even though we hate you, Yeah, but we're all going to profit from this. So, you know, it was, it was those three guys management, their new management going to Vince's manager and saying, this is how we can all make money together. Can we make this work? Yes. Okay. We'll buy you a bus. Boom. Done deal. You know, and that's, that's how it works. The management steps on top of it. You know, that's just that it, good man. I, I, I'll argue this all day long. Manage management is a huge part of these bands that have stayed on top versus yeah. the ones that have fallen apart. Success or failure. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, I mean it's it's as it is as important, if not more, than the music. Because Motley Crue, just using Motley Crue as an example, when is the last time they put out anything good? And they're still selling stadiums. Yeah. And I, even if you consider Saints of Los Angeles good, which I do not, but 
when was that put out? 2008. Is that right? Yeah. Way back then. No, it was, uh, was it? Yeah. 2008. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if they could go from 2008 to 2022 without putting out anything worth a shit and still be a stadium level band, just based on the old songs, that has a lot to do with the management doing, doing a good job, doing a good job for them. That's what they get paid for. Yeah. So, so that's my long winded answer to your question about, do I think the management has anything to do with a Metallica? Yes, I do. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, since, uh, since we are talking about Motley Crue and the upcoming summer tour, I guess it's mm-hmm. things going to happen. Yeah. Well, maybe who but knows? I, at least that's what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, back when Motley Crue was still good back in the very early part of the nineties. Okay. 91 when they released primal scream, mm-hmm. which was a good direction for them at that time, just prior to Vince getting the boot. Right. I'm going to play that song. All right. So we're going to play a few songs. We'll come back. We'll do some more stuff. So, uh, here's Motley Crue with the primal scream exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Okay. Thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill, fuck you, pal, and hand job! What's up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from The Classic Metal Show, Aftershocks TV, and Heavy Metal Television. And I am now on Cameo. That's right. If you need a message sent to somebody, maybe it's happy birthday. Maybe it's get out of here. Hit the street. You're fired. I don't care what it is. Firing a girlfriend, firing a boyfriend, firing an employee, wishing them well. Whatever it is, I'm on Cameo. I'm here to deliver the message. I'll do it in my unique way. So you can imagine it'll have some profanity in it and it'll be a little bit filthy. But that's okay, because that's probably what you guys want from me anyway. So check me out, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. Again, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. Book me, and I will deliver whatever message it is that you need delivered. And it's cheap. So go do it, all right? Later.